0: If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church. or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Sometimes bad news has to come before good news, yeah? Bad news has to come before good news. A minister once stood before his church and said, we have bad news. The church building needs a new roof. The congregation all groaned. They said, but I've got some good news. We've got the money to fix it. The congregation cheered. He said, but there's some more bad news. It's still in your pockets. (laughs) We don't like bad news, do we? We don't like bad news. Well, Isaiah 58 has some of my favorite verses in the whole of the book of Isaiah. So we're going to read it through, but we're going to start at the very beginning, as Julie Andrews once said. Very good place to start. Verses 1 and 2 say this. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. Shout it aloud. Don't hold back. Tell everybody they're sinners. That's a start. There's the bad news in some ways. The bad news is we need to change. The message of Jesus is often called the good news, isn't it? The word gospel, when you think about Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the gospels actually means good news. So Jesus is good news. But before the good news, we need to hear the bad news. The bad news is all of us fall short. The bad news is none of us quite make it to God's mark. Whoever we are, however good we are, the bad news is we're not always going to like to hear what God's going to say. But what God has done through Jesus is the best news we could ever think about. It's the best news we could ever hear. It's not just good news, it's the best news. But Isaiah is told to shout aloud and not hold back. He's told to declare to this nation, this nation who are worshipping in the temples at this moment in time, filling it every week, singing songs, You've not got it right. You've got it wrong. You're a sinful nation and there's a disaster coming. It actually starts with bad news, which is this. Here's the bad news today. We all need to change. You might not think that's bad news because you might see people who think, yeah, they need to change, definitely. There might be husbands and wives and partners today nudging each other in the ribs going, yes, you need to change. But the bad news is you've got to change and we don't like change. We don't want to change from where we were to where, we want, where God wants us to be. We need to stop some of the stuff we are doing. We need to stop some of the stuff we're following. We need to stop going against what God says is not going to help you or build you up. We need to stop those things because God wants the best for our lives. Right from the start today, we are told to examine ourselves. So, How does that look when you examine yourself? How does that look for you? From God's perspective, how does examining yourself look? Because it's important to find out an honest assessment of our life. We need to make an honest and frank assessment of our life. Before God, and then we need to do something about it. That's the bad news. But the good news is you're not on your own. The good news is you're not on your own. Jesus said he would leave a comforter, a helper. Today, you and me, we can be filled with his spirit, yeah? Yeah, that's exciting. Some of you are really excited about that this morning. We can be filled with the very power of God in our lives to help us. We can be supported by his presence. We can journey with him, not just by our sides, but in our lives. That's the good news. But the bad news is you've got to accept it. And the bad news is you need to change some of the things we're doing. Because what's happening here, verse 2 says this. Talking to these people who need to change, for day after day they seek me out. That sounds good, doesn't it? They're seeking God. Good start. Would you agree? Yeah? There's a lot of blank faces looking at me this morning. I think I preferred it when you had masks on. Good start. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways pretty good would you agree yeah pretty good as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its god oh not so good they seek me out eager to know my ways but they're still carrying on with the stuff that i don't like they're still carrying on the heart isn't right their heart attitude is all wrong they ask me for just decisions and seem eager for god to come near them There's some real positives in there, isn't there? As we start this chapter, there's some real positives. The bizarre thing is that this nation is told to proclaim and not hold back is that they sound pretty good. They sound like pretty good people. You know, you might make this assessment of yourself and say, well, I'm a pretty good person, Johnny. I helped an old lady cross the road the other day. You know, Uche helped me defend a football match yesterday. You know, he he did have to handball it a few times to stop the ball going anywhere near the area. But it helped day after day they were seeking God, tick. Are we day after day seeking God? Can we put ourselves in their shoes? Eager to know God's ways, tick. Is that us? Are we eager to know what God wants in our life? Eager, keen, desperate, eager for God to come near, that's three amazing things. But what does Isaiah say? God says don't hold back, tell them, they need to change they need to change you might even say that what they're doing is better than sunday morning christians people who just come to church on a sunday morning because it's the routine because it's what they do but then actually it has no impact on the rest of their week it has no impact on the rest of their lives it's got to be backed up now it'd be like me going to slimming world on a thursday and getting weighed and then eating cakes all week it's pointless it's pointless It will have no impact on my life if I just go to get weighed. The only way is up. That must have been what Yaz and the plastic population were singing about all those years ago. But it goes on to talk about fasting. I don't know if you ever fast, but fasting to many people was about denying themselves. When we do it, we tend to deny ourselves because we want to fully focus on God. Would you agree? Yeah? A fast. We tend to deny ourselves, so you might say, I'm not gonna eat between this hour and this hour so that I can focus on God. But actually some people do it because they think they'll twist God's arm. I don't know, but God's got pretty big arms. (laughs) And I don't think us not eating for a little bit he's gonna twist his arm. But when we read Isaiah, we discover what God wants. Are we ready to hear this morning, what God wants? Are we ready to change because of what God wants? That's the challenge. That is the challenge that we need to look at. Verses three to five say this. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Powerful stuff. Don't hold back. You're fasting. The fasting that you're doing to try and persuade me to answer your prayers, says God, that's not going to cut it. That's not what it's about. That's not what I'm after. Verse 5, he says, Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? Fast. A day acceptable to the Lord. In other words, what Isaiah is saying is, you fast, but you still treat people badly. You say, you go in singing the songs and you're fasting and you're looking miserable because you've not eaten, you're wearing sackcloth, but actually you're not doing what I want. You're not following God's best. You ignore what God actually wants because it gets in the way of what you want. That's what it comes down to. You ignore what God wants in your life because it gets in the way of what you want. Can we all appreciate that? Do we recognise that to be true? But God wants the best for you. We sing, last week you sang, he's a good, good father, yeah? Yeah. I wasn't here, I knew. A good, good father. That's who he is. Does a good father want the best for you? Yeah? Yeah. Thanks, Sue and Alan. I'm appreciating your nods this morning. Everybody else is going to sleep. It's hot. If God wants the best for us, why don't we follow what He says? Because it's the best. Doesn't make sense to go against Him, surely. Because going against Him isn't going to be the best. You know, I've got a niece who loves shopping in Marks and Spencer's because she thinks it's the best. But it costs. It costs. Personally, I have no problem with Tesco at price. Other supermarkets are available. But actually, God wants the best. If we want the best, we chase it, don't we, Katie? Yeah? Because it's not just any food. What does God want? Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever asked that question? God, what do you want? Well, he tells us in his word. He tells us in this chapter Or do we focus on what we want? God, please help me in this interview. God, if you you help me pass my exams, I'll read my Bible every day. That was what I regularly did when I was younger. Revision would have helped, definitely. Bit of work. God, I want to win the lottery. Maybe that's our prayers this morning. Our prayer should be, God, what do you want? God, what do you want? And I'm willing to change because you want the best. Yeah, it's logical. This passage tells us what God wants. And if you, is any computer, program, computer programmers in here today, you'll, you'll love this. Because in computer programming, they do if, then statements, don't they? If such and such is this, then such and such, yeah? If, then, if, then. Well, there's a brilliant Martin, Martin Luther King Jr. quote. I think there's a picture that Paul will put up on the screen which is an if-then quote, because this chapter finishes with lots of if-then quotes. And here is the quote, it says this, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forwards. We're not necessarily expecting this change to be instantaneous, for some people that's not easy. But so long as we keep moving forward and doing what God wants and moving towards God, then that's going to be the best, surely. Yeah? Thank you. (laughs) Come on, people at home, we need you to come. We need you to sit on the front row and nod at me. Do you know, this chapter was spoken on the last night I was with some of our young people in Durban, South Africa. And Mike Pellavachi stood at the front and read this passage and he said, do you know, I don't need to speak a sermon tonight, because you've been living it all week. We'd been working in the townships, we've been helping people, we've been trying to give them food to the hungry, we've been clothing people who are struggling. We saw people healed in amazing ways. We saw incredible things. We saw people set free from possession of demons. We saw people set free in different ways. Mike Pilevacci read this chapter and said, I don't need to say anymore, because this is what you've lived this last 10 days. Now, if it was just those 10 days, it was a bit pointless, wasn't it? If it was just those 10 days and then I came home and I thought, well, I've done my bit now. That's me, tick. That's pointless. That's just a holiday. (laughs) actually I know it had an impact on those that were with us I know it led on to further things Dan Randall for example it had a profound impact on his life that as he served he just desperately wanted more of God and if you know Dan you can see that in him because he lived 10 days where he gave up everything before we went on that holiday he was concerned about the baggage weight allowance he was concerned about how much luggage he could take to a place where people had nothing and he was quite cross that he couldn't fit his extra clothes in. Do you know, we came back with nothing because we gave it. I'm not saying that to say, aren't we wonderful? It changed our minds, and it changed our lives. Because we lived it for 10 days, we wanted to keep living it. Because we knew that that's what God wanted. And that's what this chapter says. The fast God wants isn't about us denying ourselves. Hear this this morning. If you think fasting is denying yourself to focus on God or twist his arms, this chapter says otherwise. This chapter says this. It's, it's loving others. That's a fast. It's serving others. It's setting free. It's spending yourself and it's satisfying needs. So first of all, quickly, set free those that are in chains. To set free those that are in debt, those that are in poverty, to set free those that are naked, those that are in addiction, not mistreat others. These people were trying to seek God, but it was all about themselves. It was all about what they wanted. They were not showing the outward evidence of genuine righteousness. Let's read the verses that are in 58. Verses 9 to 14, I think we're on. Oh, no, hold on. I've missed a bit. I apologise. I've not cut and pasted into my notes. Is this not the kind of fasting? Verse 6. Is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen? This is what God wants, yeah? Do we want to know what God wants? Well, you're not sure because you know it's going to involve change. Is this the kind of fasting God wants? The kind of fasting God wants is this. To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then, so there's an if and then. If you do this, if you do this, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Wow. If, 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 then, wow. But we don't want to hear the ifs. We just want the thens. Is that you this morning? You just want the thens. You need the ifs. You need the conditions. The fast God wants is about setting people free. These people were not showing the outward evidence. If you fast like this while seeking God, then your light will shine. Do we want to shine? I hope so. Shine from the inside out. That one. Then you'll call and he will answer. And the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. Do you want help from God? Set free. That's the if. If you help set free, then I'll hear you. If you spend yourself... Sorry, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with a pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. What a promise. Listen to the next bit. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. (sighs) Powerful stuff, this, isn't it? But we need to catch the if. We need to hear the bad news. And the bad news is we've got to change. It actually is good news. But for some of us, it's bad news because we don't want to change. But God says, change, change, change. Be transformed by the renewing of your life, by the renewing of your mind even. It says, then you'll call and he will answer. What does God answer in this verse? He says, then I'll say, here am I. What is here am I? Have you heard that before in the Bible? Samuel, the little boy, said, here I am. Moses said, here I am. Joshua said, here I am. It's the cry of a servant. It's the cry of somebody who's willing to give it all. And this is the God of the universe who says, I've already given it all. But you ignore the if. You're ignoring the if. You're only interested in the then. The God of the universe. It's that servant king image again, isn't it, that we heard a couple of weeks ago. The God of the universe is humble. Are we? Or are we just thinking, I wish Johnny had showed up so I can go home and have me dinner. Maybe. Maybe I am as well. If you play football as a 49 year old man, then you will ache in places you didn't know existed the next day, okay? I can tell you that's true. If, then, if, then. There are consequences and the consequences of God if we follow him are good news, yeah? They're not just good news, they're great news. It's great news. It says do away with the pointing finger and malicious talk, in other words, Stop pointing at other people and telling them their problems and change. Deal with yourself. Malicious talk. Stop gossiping. Stop spreading rumours. Stop trying to make other people look bad. Stop comparing your life to somebody else's Instagram life. It's fake. It's not real. They don't put pictures on Instagram of the kids acting up and kicking off. They only ever put pictures that are really nice. You know, Ros put lovely pictures up of our wedding anniversary this week, had a really nice time. She didn't put the pictures up of me snoring, probably, and keeping her awake, or or the night when I needed to buy a fan because it was so hot, and I was like, (gasps) I was on Argos at 3 o'clock in the morning, ordering a fan from the nearest place, which was about 20 minutes away, but I'm having a fan because it was too hot. Didn't put that on Facebook. Because we don't want you to know about that bit, just the nice bits. It was really nice. The whole thing was really nice. It was really good. But comparison is rubbish. It steals your joy. It stops your growth. And it makes you feel that you're not good enough. Well, do you know, if we follow God, God says you are. God says I've given everything for you. Here am I. That's his response to you this morning. I'm nearly finished, honestly. The last S is spend yourself and satisfy others. It says if you spend yourself, that costs, doesn't it? It reminded me of when Jesus, it says Jesus in the New Testament, was poured out like a drink offering. Now, you might think, what does that mean? Well, with every public sacrifice in the Old Testament, the, the Israelites were asked to pour out a drink offering. Now, it's interesting that, isn't it? Because once you've poured a drink or spilled a drink, you can't get it back in the bottle, can you? Once you've poured something out that's fluid, that, it's gone, you know? You might take your lamb to sacrifice and they go oh hold on a minute I've not got any tea I'll grab a bit back but once you've poured a cup of juice or a cup of wine or a cup of oil it's gone this is spend yourself are we spending ourselves for God or are we just saying I'll do me a bit on a Sunday morning I'll say my prayers at bedtime I'll perhaps read a bit of my Bible or are we actually saying I want my light to shine I want my fast, not about denying myself to twist God's arm, but I want my fast to say, I'm going to spend myself. I'm going to give what I've got. I'm going to use what God's given me, and I'm going to do what I can. Jesus poured himself out. He spent himself. Will we? Will you? Will I? If we do, then God will answer. God will hear God will give us, God will have our back. It says he'll, he'll be our rear guard. The problem with Isaiah's audience is they were not letting their worship trouble their walk. They were not letting their worship interfere with the rest of their week. They were filling the temple. They were filling the place, singing songs. But the good news in this passage is you can be given a new name. You might say, I'm useless, I'm no good. This says, no, you'll be a restorer. You'll be a rebuilder. You'll be somebody who builds up. You'll be somebody who gets it. You'll be somebody who takes that and you will put things right again. It says you can find joy if then, if then. You can find joy. You can ride in triumph. Does this sound good? That's the first mention of a motorbike in the Bible. You can ride on a triumph. No, that's wrong. You can feast on your inheritance. It says you will be like a well-watered garden. In this heat we've had this week, isn't it good to have a bit of, refreshment yeah you will be like a well-watered garden in a sun-scorched land you'll be satisfied you'll be strengthened but the bad news is we've got to change but the good thing is the bad news comes first the good news is once you've changed God says here am I here am I They weren't letting their worship and singing of scriptures affect the rest of their week. Do we? Do we come on a Sunday morning and go, I love to sing the songs. Don't mind, Johnny. I can switch off for a bit. But then I go home and I just do nothing different. Have a think after today. Have a think as we sing towards the end. What is God asking you to change? If you say to God, God, what do you want? What does he want? What changes does he want you to make in your life that means you will get his best? Because that's what this passage says. It's not about twisting his arms. We've sung, I will build my life. And yet sometimes we build our life and then think it's a caravan and move it along somewhere else. He is a firm foundation. He is one to be stood on. He is one to be lived on. How about us? Do we see it as bad news? Are we willing to follow the ifs? It finishes with these verses in the message. I'm going to read it from the message version. Sorry, Paul, I should have told you this. From verses 9 to 14 in the message version, it says this. And with this, I do finish. If you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins, if... You are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out. Your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places. Firm muscles, strong bones... You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build new ones. Anyone excited by this? You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. Rebuild the foundations from out of your past. Your past can make a difference as part of the change. You'll be known as those who can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate, that make the community livable again. That's what we're called to be, people who make the community livable again, people who make a difference, people who make a change. That's the church, not just the leaders, not just the workers, but the whole family. Make the community livable again if you watch your step on the sabbath and don't use my holy day for personal advantage in other words if you think coming to church is going to make you good that's not what it's about if you treat the sabbath as a day of joy god's holy day as a celebration if you honor it by refusing business as usual making money running here and there then you'll be free to enjoy god oh i'll make you ride high and soar above it all Anyone want to soar above it all right now? Yeah? If, then, I'll make you feast on the inheritance of your ancestor, Jacob. Yes. Why? Because God says so. Don't need to say any more. If, then. Bad news, but then the best news. Will we make a difference today? Will we go from here and say, I'm not doing the same thing now? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the simplicity of it. And Father, I pray that you will challenge our hearts, that we will make a real frank assessment of who we are before you, that we will look to you and say, God, it's not about making us feel bad But God, it's about knowing that you want the best for us. And Father God, if we want the best for us, then we need to look to what your best is. Father, help us. Help us to know we don't do it on our own. Your word says that you will guide us, that you will show us where to go, that you will be with us, and that you will be a solid foundation. Father God, help our worship affect our walk. May we not just sing these songs, but may we live them. May we not just do 10 days serving and pouring out and then go back to normal. Let us live a life that is worthy of your calling. Let us know that when we do, you say, here am I. In Jesus' name, amen.